Good afternoon, and welcome to the Revelation Power Podcast. I'm author and host Kevin Hopkins, and this is episode 142. Today we are continuing in John chapter 8. We're going to start with verse 12. This account follows the salvation of the woman caught in the act of adultery. And so it starts with these words. Sometime later, Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, Here you are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered them, Even if I do bear witness to myself, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I came from nor where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I would judge, my judgment would be true. For it is never I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it's written that the testimony of two people constitutes truth. I am the one who bears witness about myself and the Father who sent me also bears witness to me. So they said to him, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You don't know me or my Father. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So this section starts with one of these I am statements. Jesus spoke to them again and said, I am the light of the world. Well, what in the world does that mean? Do you know who was called to be the light of the world? Israel was. They were to be a light to the Gentiles, the light of the world, the people of God who would bring his revelation and his truth into the world like light. Jesus said, a city on a hill can't be hidden. No one lights a lamp and hides it under a bushel. They were supposed to be the city on the hill. They were supposed to be the beacon for the world, but they're not. They've abdicated that role. They've surrendered it. Not to anyone. They've just abandoned that responsibility so that until Christ came, there was no light for the world. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God all things were made by him, and apart from him was nothing made that has been made. In him was life. And that life is the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never been able to comprehend it. John chapter 1. He goes right back to chapter 1, to the theme of light. And Jesus says, 
I am the light of the world. Whoever comes to me no longer walks in darkness, but has the light of life. You hear what he's saying, right? I am Israel. The Pharisees prided themselves on on preserving Israel. They were the ones entrusted with the identity and the preservation of Israel. But Israel had already ceased to exist. Follow me. In in about 800 years before Christ, 797, 798, almost 800 years before Christ, Solomon's sons, Rehoboam and Jeroboam, had divided the kingdom into two parts because one son did not want to continue to pay taxes to the other one. And so they split the kingdom, north and south. The north was 80% of the land mass, but the south included Jerusalem. And for 120 years, the kingdom existed as a divided kingdom the kingdom of Israel, and the kingdom of Judah. And then along come the Assyrians, and they smash the northern kingdom of Israel. Laid siege to Jerusalem, but couldn't overtake it, and and took only the northern 80% of the country. We don't even know what they did to the people. For all we know, they massacred them at least carried them off into captivity. But the northern part of Israel became part of Assyria. And the United Kingdom of Israel, the promised land kingdom of Israel, never existed again. Now, Interestingly, in the Old Testament, the prophets continue to refer to Judah as both Judah and Israel. It is what is left of Israel after the northern kingdom falls. And 130 years later, the Babylonians get fed up with the Jews in Jerusalem. It carried a whole bunch of them off into captivity. And what was left still rebelled against Babylon. So Nebuchadnezzar comes back a second time and smashes it, tears down the temple, tears down the walls, burns the city to the ground, sows the land to salt so that nothing will grow there and carries off anybody that can walk and leaves behind a a ragtag homeless bunch. Leaves them to die, really. And Israel absolutely ceased to exist on that day that the temple was torn down. As long as that temple stood, they could justify in their minds that there was still an Israel. But when that temple of Solomon was torn down and burned and desolated, Israel ceased to exist. 
Now they came back from Babylon. They rebuilt the temple of Zerubbabel, just a fraction, a shadow of what the temple had been. The Bible says that when people saw it, they wept, remembering the glory that it had once had. And those who served as priests from the Babylonian exile on considered themselves to be the trustees of Israel, the preservers of what was left of Israel. But that's not Israel. That's not a people who live chosen by and and committed to and consecrated to God. They're not that they're not that nation anymore. They never would be again. And so here comes Jesus, consecrated to God, committed to his purpose, God in the flesh. And he says, I am the light of the world. I am Israel now. If there is to be devotion found to God, it's in me. If there is to be found commitment to the purposes of God in this world, it's in me. If anywhere you are to find the grace and the mercy and the peace and the rule of God, it's only in me. That's what he's saying. It's fascinating. And and it's huge. You're not the light of the world anymore. I am the light of the world now. That's why they say, well, you're just testifying about yourself. Your testimony's not valid. He says, oh, I, I don't testify alone. The Father who sent me testifies for me as well. The Father, the one who called Israel, the one you forsook, the one you chose to go and worship idols instead of, the one you grumbled against in the desert, the one you doubted, the one you betrayed, that God bears witness that I am the light of the world. My Father testifies for me. Then look at how cruel their response is. And they said to him, Where is your father? It's a it's a whispering campaign that has existed since Jesus was born. Since before Jesus was born. Where where is your father, Jesus? Who is your father again? This guy who's always claiming that God is his father. You've heard it in the last couple of chapters a couple of times. Do we not know his parents? Are his parents not with us? We know where this guy comes from. So now the Pharisees say, where is your father? It goes back to that that story that his mom told when she was just a little girl, that she was pregnant and the father 
was God. Wasn't any more believable then than it would be now. And Jesus endures this whispering campaign for his entire life because he is the Son of God. And the Pharisees, when they want to get really ugly, they they sneer at him and they say, Oh, your father testifies about you, does he? Tell us, where is your father? And Jesus says, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father. That's backwards, isn't it? Aren't they the ones who worship God? Shouldn't he be saying, if you knew my father, you'd recognize me. But he doesn't. He says it the other way around. If you knew me, you'd know my father. What he's saying is, you don't know the first thing about God. You teachers of the law and Pharisees. You don't know me. And I'm the earthly, simplified representation of the Father. And you don't even know me, let alone the vast mysteries of God. You don't know us. You're not Israel. Because Israel would recognize God above everything else. Before anything else, Israel would recognize God. You don't even represent, you don't even recognize me, and I'm the simplification, the personification of God in a form that you can understand and you can handle. But you can't even handle this. You don't know God. Wow. In just a couple of paragraphs. He has negated their place as God's chosen people because they're not anymore. And he has said, I am the light of the world. I am Israel now. Later in scripture, he's going to assign the role of the new Israel to a new people. And his friend Peter is going to say, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are the people who belong to God, called out of darkness into his marvelous light. I am the light of the world. Are you walking in that light today? Are you living as the 21st century Israel, as the people chosen and committed to God? The holy nation, not citizens of a geopolitical entity, but citizens of the people of God.